and that's what a startup is. It's, it didn't work, fix, change, do. And, and that's how, if you have that dynamic, I think is when you actually are able to do different things. If you send and see and send and learn, it, it, it works in the long term, but I think the world now moves so fast. Technology speaking and the information we have at hand is so much and so quick that we have the privilege to be able to act upon it. It's up to us to see how fast we do it. Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Leveling Up is made possible by Marlowe. Marlowe enables you to support your managers and emerging leaders with twice monthly sessions led by Marlowe's expert management development coaches. Partnering with their coaches, Marlowe members focus on the skills that matter most to them. Skills like communication, time management, people management, strategic awareness, and more. Support your managers and emerging leaders wherever they are in their journey with Marlowe's one-to-one coaching and training. Head to getmarlowe.com for more information. Hey everyone, today's guest was Badia Ribolledo, the Chief People Officer for Krispy Kreme in Mexico. Badia shared really interesting insight in how Krispy Kreme has approached transitioning their culture from a franchisee situation to a corporate internal culture. So let me give you the context here. Krispy Kreme, outside of the US for the most part, has been repurchasing their stores in various markets around the world. And that's really interesting. What it means is that they can take more control. They end up having higher revenues. Obviously, our purpose today is to not talk about their business strategy as much as their people strategy. And what's Badia has come into Krispy Kreme in Mexico City, taking the lead on really transitioning the culture of the company from something that is held by a private equity to something that is much more a part of their corporate culture. We talk a little bit about some of the challenges that Krispy Kreme is having in Mexico, but also likely around the world. And a big part of that is you have these individuals who have been at the company for a really long time. And then you have people who are just joining. And at the end of the day, they have to transition to uh, the culture that they want to be. A couple takeaways that I think you'll really enjoy. So Krispy Kreme has retail stores. And we talk a little bit about how the age of these retail employees is so much lower, right? They're much younger on average than the age of what their their headquarters would be. And one of the biggest challenges they face as a result of this is how to communicate with this audience. These are their employees around the country. They're in retail stores. They're not at computers. And so how do you make sure that they're getting the information they need to both be successful in their role, but also feel bought into the direction of the company? This was a super fun conversation for me. I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump in. Before we get started, I will have you say your name fully. Full name, Badia Isabel Rebolledo Abud, but people call me Baddie. 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 I'm so glad that you joined me. Really wanted to dig into your journey to Krispy Kreme, how you ended up where you are and, and what that's looked like over the past few years. So to kick us off, uh, can you share a little bit about yourself and how you ended up uh, at Krispy Kreme? Yeah, and I'll try to keep it to the last few years. If not, it'll take a whole while talking about over 20 years. Um, after I've been in huge multinational companies, you know, being great schools and universities and masters, if you want to, because that's where you really get the, the experience from. Um, 
I decided that it had been pretty much over 15 years there. I decided it was it was time to to look for something different, a different sector. I was that the whole startup y thing, the startups and uh, tech techie stuff was 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 beginning to 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 be of of interest. And I just loved the idea of what I was hearing about, you know, in the, in the startups you, you create and young people with new ideas and fresh and, and everything's dynamic. And, and, and I wanted that. Um, I, I honestly thought I was never, it was going to be really hard to get into those kinds of sectors, especially because either I would have been considered too old or, you know, too much experience or too expensive and, or just wouldn't fit. I don't know. I had these paradigms about it, but, uh, but I ended up in one, and I have to say, startups are are so addictive. It's it's just great. It's it is. It's fresh. It's dynamic, and you actually leave a legacy. You actually can do something and see it done immediately. While in big corporations, is you only execute because everything comes from global, and you know there's a very there's parameters, etc. So, um, I ended up there, and I was having a blast. Ended up in the fintech sector, which finance is nothing to do with me. It does not go with me at all. But the techie part did, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And and I was I was rolling in it. Um, I I changed to an, it during that time to to another one, and I was having an absolute blast. And um, I got a call from from a headhunter, and they talked to me about this project. And to be honest, my first reaction was, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the big corporations. I've been there, done that, but the t-shirt didn't like it that much, but you know, it, it, I'm done with. Um, but he, he, he started talking to me a little bit of what was happening, which was being part of a holding. They were, had been purchased. And so it was a carve out and they were starting to change culture. And they were kind of a startup because they had to, um, start in Mexico as an, an alone entity. And I asked about, well, what about the freedom of, of, of doing, because this goes to the U S right. And, and obviously I understand that there's a headquarter and something it's like, well, yes, they give, they give you that, like the, 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 the guideline, the, the, the spine cord, but at the end you're free to suggest and also they they're just starting so they they have uk and they have um australia mexico is the next one so if they're just starting to get the global part in so there's a lot of freedom anyway he did a really good sale and i said well let's talk to people i talked to many people here in mexico and in the u.s and what i started liking was um the, the culture they were talking about, what they wanted to do. And just like in my background here, you have joy and each room is, it's joy, fresh, happy, um, awesome, glazed and original. So those are the names of the, of the rooms. And because that's part of the philosophy and their values and what they want to accomplish. And it's not just words on, on the wall. They, we actually push to make sure we start transforming the culture but it's just starting, you know, we just started with a transformation. So the challenge looked interesting. It was kind of a midpoint between the things I didn't like that much in the startup because not everything's peachy there, but the things 
I liked about the startup as well. So it was it was an interesting combination. There's no perfect place, but I have to say that in all my years um, so far, I feel Maslow would be very proud of me. Self fulfilled, I feel I'm in 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 the right place, and I had been you know I have been built and brought up and uh, to to be here to do this. Um, it has its challenges as everything. There's days that you're like, oh God, they don't pay me enough for this. But hey, we, you know, there's days like that everywhere, everywhere. Um, but most of the days is, is it's, 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 it's joy. It's we're doing and I'm impacting not as dynamic and not as fast because it's much bigger in, in terms of people. And also, um, an old culture that there was a culture here and we are trying to change it and changing culture is much more difficult than to create culture. So uh, we're in that process. Again, I'm really enjoying it. So that's, that's how I ended up here. I love this story. Obviously Krispy Kreme is this wonderful international franchise historically. And you Mm -hmm. mentioned that the idea is to start buying back different locations. And, and in Mexico, it was owned by a holding company. And now it's sort of spinning out to be its own, its own brand within the country. How big is the team, both within your headquarters and also the broader throughout the country? And then what is the main focus at the moment as you try to rebuild this culture within the original Krispy Kreme brand? Well, okay. So in Mexico, there's uh, 2,200 employees total of which around 2,000 of them are in retail. They're on the stores or in production. And the rest is back office. We we do have a headquarter office in Mexico City and and the rest of the country, not all over the country, but in in quite a few places in the country, we we have have, uh, stores or points of sale. We're still, Compared to our competitors, we are still not in all locations as we should, and we have a very a aggressive plan of expansion. It's it's part of the of the strategy in within the, the following following um, months and, and and midterm years. So that that's the plan overall. Um, outside, well, as I said, there's uh, Australia, which is similar in size, and so is the UK. A different um, organization, and actually, for example, Australia is smaller in terms of the back office, um, but more or less the same um, size in terms of whole population. And and yes, part of the the strategy actually, Japan has also just been bought, but Japan is is pretty it's quite small right now. Um, in, but but we they just uh, acquired it, so that that's where we are. And in terms of challenges for the um, culture. Well, culture is not a plug and play. It's not an upgrade in the system. It's it's changing habits and changing perceptions. And some people don't like it, and and they you know those drop on the on the process on the journey. Um, some are very receptive and they're they're here, but they're just you know just w- wanting to see what happens to see if they will buy in or not. And then there's some that just bought it immediately, and they're you know often and, and running. So where, where we are, we are at a point in which we've been talking about culture and we've been trying from top down to live 
the culture. We um, we are following what we call our 12 ingredients. Everything in crispy prune has to be 12 because it's a dozen. So either that or half a dozen. So that's what we move. So we have 12 ingredients um, of which their behaviors, their values, some competencies, not so much as your usual, you know, your leadership. We do include leadership, but but in, we put it more into a act like an owner, for example, not so much the, the leadership per se or, or develop, you know, developing others. We grow together. And so we do touch upon them, but they're more more holistic. So they're easy to relate to. And in terms of culture, um, I, I tell these people, it's not oh, it's an American culture because the U.S. You know. No, it's a very humane culture. It's, I really do not see people from, from the different regions that we talk about uh, saying, well, yeah, we have difficulties with that one because, you know, in our culture, it's not at all. It, it's really being, being good to each other, acting like business entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, but creating joy because that's what crispy stands for is creating a moment of joy in everybody our 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 mission is to become the most loved uh, sweet brand not the biggest not the wealthiest no it's it's the most loved so it's it's a very different mentality of what you're typically seeing in businesses so it's in that respect it's easy but at the end it's still culture and culture it's it's not easy culture is easy change is easy the problem is people they're involved in it and that's when things get complicated but that's where we are we're trying to to um cascade uh the, the ingredients we're trying to walk the talk, talk about it, do things that actually always relate to it. So people keep on hearing again. That's the only way things actually stick when you, you know, with this repetition and seeing that there's an impact, a positive impact of doing it and using it. But we are in the middle, I think like in most of the world, going back into post pandemic. In some countries, it's a little bit more post than others. So between, okay, we do we go back? Do we don't? Is this hybrid thing happening or not? Um, do the shops, do they still restrain access? No uh, production. Is it going back to what it used to be in terms of consumer um, behavior? Uh, so it's it's been interesting because things are changing really fast. And sometimes we we realize that we're being too slow and then sometimes we get too ahead and and in fact fires on them. so it's it's hard it's it's really hard and the dynamics of it today in the morning i had a, i was in a in a panel and we were talking about it it's it's a com it's a common problem that it's occurring now and the right formula doesn't exist and there's not one it will vary depending on your needs on your on your sector on your product on your culture um but it has put HR on the spotlight as a, uh, we're in the driver's seat now. We're trying to say, you know, wh- where and how we're going. And it's, it's funny because we always wanted it. And now that we have it, we're like, Shite. Um, okay, well, okay, guys, we will screw up a lot, but we will try a lot of new things. And that's what's happening. We have to be open for failure as well, because that's the only way to get and, and learn fast 
to get to the success where we need to. But it's a mentality change as well within managers, and not all of them are willing to embrace it as easy as others. You know, failure is not something that is, at least in, in Latin America, it's frowned upon. You know, failure means you can't do it, so off you go. While the new startup concept, entrepreneurial, is more like, I will fail a lot before I reach that one. And that would be like the, you know, the big bang. Um, and, and, and it's hard because you see people saying, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. But you're like, yeah, you're saying it, you know, mouth, you really don't believe it, do you? And you see it in their behavior when you, they go out of the meeting and you're like, okay, so you said yes, just because it was politically correct. Don't believe it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a double whammy there, you know, managing managers, and then them making sure that we can escape the culture. So keeping me busy. You talked a little bit about it's human to human, right? We're dealing with change is easy. Dealing with people is, is tougher. And of course, that's the name of the game right now. Um, this would be a difficult transition in a normal work environment. But during a pandemic, it's just a whole different ballgame. How have you focused on, you know, communicating the culture that you're trying to build and getting people bought in? You know, you mentioned a wagon when we last spoke, and I'm curious <laughs> how this process, like, what does the reality of this look like for other HR leaders who are listening to this thinking, I, I'm trying to do this too. What tactics have actually worked for you? And, you know, what's your mindset going into all of this? Well, it has been a lot of trial and error, as I say. Retail is, is for me, it's a new sector. I hadn't been in retail before. I had been in, in consumer goods, which means managing plants. And again, it's not the same, but it is a different population. I pretty much had nailed the, the, the plants because of the way they, 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 they are very big populations in one place. Here you have little populations all over the place. Um, so communication and knowing your audience has always been key and yes i failed a few times but what i've tried to do particularly in the pandemic what helped me was technology i couldn't go out so i had to use whatever i had in hand um i looked at my met my my analytics my hr analytics and see my population so i had most of my 2000 employees in retail they're around average age 26 so that means and they don't have an email from the company because of my turnover it's it's too expensive to do that and they also don't have a computer and that's not the point the point for them to sell not to be behind the computer so um we started dealing and, and thinking about uh, how do i reach them you know they're 26 24 some 18 you know my they're very young sometimes it's their first job so one thing i do know is everybody may not have breakfast but they will put money into their cell phone so they have access to talking to people so based on that we, we knew that their mobile was the way to communicate with them without making an excess because if not, they're not paying attention at them at the point of, of uh, at the store. So what we did is we started creating ways to communicate with them and asking them, what do you prefer, Facebook or Instagram? Because apparently Facebook is for old people. I didn't know that. Now I do. But anyway, so there you go. Um, they said that um, they wanted both. So I'm like, okay, so now we're in both. Well, we talked about TikToks. So we do TikToks in order to encourage them to, to do something, whatever it is. For example, we launch our engagement survey um, for the whole company. 
And obviously we needed to reach them because that's the big population. So we did TikToks and we got influ influencers. We have influencers within Krispy Kreme. So we, we asked people who wanted to be influencers. So they send their video. We chose them. And influencers are people on the stores, in the, in the production line, in the office, whatever. And then we chose 10 of them. We talked to them about, you know, their responsibility as, as ambassadors of the brand, talking about the brand, how and what you can, what you cannot, how to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we sent them up. So they're the ones that would send a TikTok telling people, hey, haven't you not done your engagement survey thing? Come on, it's you. I'm counting the time. So it was, it was fun. And, and people relate to it because of the age, because of the means, because of the channel. So we got, we were the highest globally in terms of one engagement and two of response. We got fresh arms. Um, I think it was 76 or 78% response. I don't remember very well. Um, but, um, but yeah, we were the highest in terms of response. Um, so obviously our target is this, this year at least increased 1.1%, uh, right, um, of, of engagement in both things, in engagement and in response. Um, so for the first time doing it, 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 really, it really worked. And that's what we do is I try to be, listening to what they want. Unfortunately, and that's one thing I am not too keen on, but right now I don't have any other alternative is, unfortunately, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, and all those areas, they're not institutionalized, you know, they're not corporate, so I don't have full control. And it's, it's social media at the end of the day. So again, what we post, has we have to make sure that it does not compromise the brand. It does not compromise information. Now we also try to um, check on what they are posting. They obviously go through us before we post, uh, so it doesn't get misinterpreted or they don't edit in a bad way. Anyway, so it's more work than not. So on nowadays, these people that have to be—they call them. I think they call them traffickers. That yeah, because they gave me that position, I was like, "Excuse me, you want a what?" Yeah, a trafficker. So they they look at the traffic of information and doing you know through social media. They they tell you no, there's they, they're saying this about this and memes. I mean, you have no. There's a Facebook meme Krispy Kreme, and I use it to see what people are you know are making fun of. So I know what's current in their mind. Although I had to teach my directors that. It's not our main source of truth. Please look at it as what it is. It's a meme, but it does tell you that, oh, right now we made this change in product and they start putting memes and they're like, oh, but they're doing, I'm like, well, we learn. And as a, as a learning experience, we didn't do our job communicating completely to them what was coming and we just threw it because we needed to, but it was badly executed. So bad on us. Let's learn and go back and let's not do that again. So that's it. Now, when we do that, we, we even talk to some of them. What do you think? What, so again, it's been, we've, I've, I've screwed up. We've screwed up. Um, but it's just, you know, learn, fix, move on. And we have to do it quick. We don't have time to cr cry over it and, and feel sorry for ourselves. We don't have time for that. You learn, you sorry, didn't mean to, you know, we'll, we'll fix Sorry, I'll pick up on my shit. Yeah. I'll come back in a minute. And that's what we've done. And um, 
And it's, it's part of it. Right now, we just came out of an executive team and we're going to change completely the way we're going to refocus um, our, 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 our next queue uh, campaigns because we're not seeing the result we wanted to. So whatever we had planned, I have to go back and redo. And people were like, bro, we spent so much time. I know. So get your thinking hats on because we have to rethink again. And that's what a startup is. That's what exactly it is. It's, it didn't work. Fix, change, do. Fix, change, do. And, and that's how, um, if you have that dynamic, I think is when you actually are able to do different things. If you said and see and send and learn, it, it, it works in the long term, but I think the world now moves so fast, technology speaking, and the information we have at hand is so much and so quick that we have the privilege to be able to act upon it. It's up to us to see how fast we do it. Yeah. And I imagine that that feedback loop for your 2000 retail employees is pretty quick. Is that something that you, you end up learning, you know, how they're feeling like days even, right? How, how long does it take to identify a mistake before it becomes a well, it's not as easy as it sounds because although the communication lines are there, they didn't used to be there. So that's one. So this is new to them. And they're starting to get used to the fact that if if I do send something, they are going to listen to it or they're going to read it. So that was first a hesitation. Then they, they feel like, oh my God, it's a director who's going to read it. So let's let's don't. And then you have managers who feel threatened by it. So they tell them not to because they can get the heat. And then you have people, you know, so you have all sorts of problems that you didn't think of that start popping up because at the beginning I was like, hmm, nobody writes to us, you know, what's going on? We post a lot of stuff. Nobody says anything. Are we doing the right thing? So we started going to the shops to encourage them. And hey, are you in the Facebook group? Because we post their birthdays and anniversaries. And hey, we had this, uh, we had a contest of Halloween. So what we did is we had to decorate our masks and the winner would get whatever. So we, we, we posted them and have seen them and we're doing this and we're doing it for Christmas. So we start doing little by little, little by little, pushing it and making a big fuss out of it. Um, so that, that, that started it. But then if they ask for something, you really have to deliver and not just have an empty promise. Um, one thing we started doing um, virtually now, because in the past it was only done in the office, was your the typical town halls. We call them the donut break. And we, we do it all the stores have a computer. So we do reach everybody or whoever connects. And we do about 20 minutes telling them how the results were in the business, what's coming in terms of uh, new campaigns or in terms of marketing product. Then we talk about people in terms of what's happening in with people, uh, culture or a contest or whatever. And then um, openings, if we're opening here or there, a new store or whatever, or remodeling. And then we just open it to questions. And at the beginning, it was like two, three, four, five questions. Now we get about 40 questions and it keeps increasing. And people feel more comfortable because it's anonymous. 
and and but they they see the the directors there so they they ask whom directly to it so again that has helped them feel a little bit more a, a little bit closer to to us to the um to the office and um so we're trying to find that we have a magazine that we digital magazine that we send every 15 days which has info for them there's more and, and one info for for the office very similar it's just very how do you share that yeah? how do you share the magazine oh we have in the office we send them through um it's it's like the, the common talking thing we could be like slack it's called teams we, we send it in teams to everybody and it also reaches the computer in the store but in my with my business partners and with the regional uh, sales managers we send them to their whatsapp and they they have whatsapp groups so they send it through there and they just um it doesn't take data so when they receive it they can click on it and they can see it in their own mobile or in their email if they send it so, for example, our Facebook group right now, where, as I said, 2,200, we have 1,500 in the group. And we know they're Krispy Kremers because we, we, every week we, we filter the new ones and the, the people who have left. So we make sure it's, it's up to date. In terms of the magazine, we get, I forgot the number, but there's like a lot of people open it. I don't know if they read it, but they open it. Um, because I cannot, I can see if they get it and I can see if they click on it to open it. I don't, that's as far as I can go and they might read it, but they don't understand it. And that's even further that I don't know, but I get to them. So that's what we're trying to do. And whenever I visit, I visit once a week, I go to stores and I just drop in and ask them, Hey, are you on Facebook? And, um, around, I would say 70% they're like, Oh yeah. 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 I'm like, Oh, and do you go to the donut break? Some of them are like the who, the what? And some of them are like, oh, yeah, 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 I was there. Oh, that's where I've seen you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. So, again, visiting and making yourself there and available, getting out of the of the desk. Although pandemic did not help at all. But going out there and seeing the reality makes you come up with options and even they they come up with it and they're like why don't we do this why don't we do that something like well that, 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 that's chance you know so listening to them is is and not thinking and my boss used to have caps that said you're not the target audience so every time somebody in the in the meeting said yeah that that won't work because but he would throw it at you because you're not the target audience when you say you specifically you're 200 hq like if it, more in the HQ kind of situation? Um, yeah, because yeah. I would come up with, for example, um, oh, I'm going to do discounts for uh, traveling to Tulum and Cancun for the holidays. And he would throw it at me and say, you're not the target, i.e. But the, these people, remember how much they make? They're not going to go to Tulum. They're not going to go to Cancun. They're probably going to go within their you know, circumference of it. Or, or um, so think like them. Don't think for you. And he would always be throwing these caps to us, like you're not the target audience, you're not the target audience. And it's right. You have to go out there and actually sit down and be with them a little to say you're right. That's why when they said to me, do TikToks, buddy, I'm like, there's no way in hell am I gonna do a TikTok. 
Well, I do TikToks now. I was just going to ask, have you done a TikTok? So is that a public account or is that a... No, we, we do the TikTok and then we put it in the Facebook because the Facebook is the private group. Yeah, yeah. So we, we put it there. So you're saying we can't all go find your, your TikToks. <sighs> Darn it. Well, I have... I, you know, we're getting closer on time here. And I did have one question I wanted to make sure we yeah. covered, which is, you know, when you deal with this change um, of culture and, and just a lot of things that are happening, I imagine some of the people in your, your main headquarters have been with the company, and for that matter, the retail employees too, have been with the company for a really long time. And so for them, it's sort of get on board or get out of the way or get off the ship, right? How do you approach getting buy-in from these people who are loyal to the company and have been there for a long time? Um, you know, how much does that impact the success of changing this culture? Well, at the end of the day, in one of the ingredients that we talk about, and which is acting like an owner, what the example I give when I talk about it is Kodak. I'm like Kodak back in the day, 1974, an engineer from Kodak is the one that developed the digital camera. But what Kodak told them was, don't say anything about it. Why? Because there is strategy, their business strategy is called razors and blades, which is we sell a cheap razors, but the blades are really expensive. So that was their thinking is we sell cheap um, cameras, but the, the film, the development, the printing, all that stuff was the expensive part. And it had worked wonders. But if I'd asked my daughter, Kodak, he, she would say, what are you talking about? No, doesn't know. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. So what I tell them is you might not like the way the company's moving towards or to the target or what they want to do with the culture, with, with the brand, etc. And you're more than entitled to it. But it's it's a global decision. It's a market decision. That's where we're going. And by no means I want to force you to in. And I've had people that said to me, I don't like the way it's going to be or where it's heading. And they've been here seven years. Uh, it's uh, lots of years and, and they make peace with it. They're like, this is great for you guys. It's not for me. And I respect that. Actually, I think that it's, a, I, I, I admire that because you're true to yourself. You know, this is no, and I've done it in the past in other companies with, I'm like, this is not what I bought in for. This is not what I thought it would be. Um, and I don't feel happy. I really dislike it. And I rather, I'd rather go uh, with my head held high and, and doing it the right way and leaving the door open than not. And, and that's what we have seen. It's, it hasn't been like, you know, a stampede of people leaving. Um, also, the situation where the pandemic didn't allow it. But, um, but those who have said, it's not for me, they've done they're hunting, they found a job, and then they come and say, hey, love the brand. I will always keep on being your customer and loyal ambassador, but it's not for me. And I, and again, I admire that. I respect that. And and good. I, I, that's what we want. We want people who want to be here. I don't want people who have to be here, uh, which unfortunately it does happen. But eventually either they... And there's quite a... I think there's more... People who are still in the sitting on the wagon of like, I like to see where it goes. Let's see if it actually works. Not to, 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 to sure that this all this jolly jolly thing is gonna work, but they're seeing effects 
So they're like, well, may, may, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. And I've seen people get off the wagon and help me. So I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody will, and we will be in la la land and everybody happy. But um, I, I think being transparent and true about where we're going, what we want. That's when I interview people ask me about the culture and that's what I said it is. And by the way, we're not there yet. All this joy and happiness, that's where we want to be. And we're getting there. We have fun. Yes, we do. But there's still a lot of the old school. And then there's a lot of old habits. And they're not bad habits. They're just the old ones. So we just have to start migrating into that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's part of it. It's, you know, like, as I tell my my team, it's like when you're looking for the husband, you will have to be with a lot of boyfriends. And sometimes it doesn't work. And that's fine. We finish in good terms and... I'll go and look for the next one. And we're seeing so many companies try to make everybody happy by doing some form of hybrid or some form of, you know, and I think at the end of the day, what my hypothesis is five years from now, you'll see that the companies that adjusted for the employees that they really needed to keep and, you know, that true to themselves as an organization will be the ones who succeed. And the ones mm-hmm. who try to be everything to everybody will be nothing to anybody, right? You, Nobody will love the situation. So I, I really love that. And I think having a clear goal for your culture that people can understand and see and then choose. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is. Yeah. And, and as I said, this meme thing, that was the best example of showing that you can't make them happy. You can't. You, you do one thing and somebody will be like, yeah, well, I'll never be able to do that. Or you throw something and like, who thought of it? It's, it's always like that. It, 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 actually, I would be a little bit shocked if everybody all of a sudden loved it. Um, so you have to uh, be open to criticism, good and bad. Just make sure it's not a problem, just particulars. Like we, in our last um, donut break, there was a lot of questions, well, a lot, no, there were four questions um, about compensation at the store level. So because it's salaries, eh, the CEO said, we will take this subject outside and we will get back to the, the, the general managers of the, of the stores separately and we'll talk about it so we can address it. This is not the forum, but we will. So I did on Monday, yesterday, I, I, I did four groups because there's a lot of them. So we did four groups and, and I came with background and context of why we did the salary increases we did and, and how it has been in the past and what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing was that when I finished, I'm like, okay, guys, so any questions, concerns? No, everything's great. Thank you. No, yeah. And I'm like, I just talked to 250 people. And there were only four questions. So apparently this was not an issue. It was just somebody that believed that they were not fairly paid, treated or whatever, which is fine. And they just wanted to make it public. Two other, three others said, yeah, me too, me too. That's fine. But it was not an issue. But because it was very public and it was such a touchy subject, Everybody was like, and the director was like, oh, the, the, the salaries. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give them more because I don't have more, but um, I'll talk to them why we gave them that. But other things came up, things that were actually more of a common ground topic that didn't come up in the dawn break. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that one. And I'm going to, you know, prepare the information and come back to you and see how I can help. So um, 
yeah, you can make them all happy. And if you want a, an example, just going to the meat, that's a public one. The Krispy Kreme memes, Mexico, full of them, full of them. My last question is always the same, which is what resources do you rely on, you know, to stay sharp within people operations, human resources? Are there any, you know, links or, or specific people, books, anything that you, you tend to, to follow? Um, I get some sent by email, some articles, uh, all HR related. I have them already pinned in my, <laughs> so I just go and pin them and see what's going on. But I like to be also in networks in my chats because they, they recommend things too. In terms of books, I've, I, I'm not a big fan of reading all with business related material. Um, but I have to say that I've read probably two or three books lately that I think are right on what's happening. There's a few, um, art, well, there's a lot of articles that I've read always related to what's, tr what's trending. Um, uh, and, and to know what's trending is just listening, obviously, inside here and listening to and asking your, your, your network. So um, that's what I do. And that's how I try to keep up. And whenever I can, I look into also... Um, Depends on the topics, panels, and discussions. Uh, and I have to say, one of the good things that this pandemic has left behind is the way I have been able to expand my network, globally speaking, even before the pandemic, which we still have the technology, being or having this idea of connecting across the globe looked cool, but really people didn't do it that much. And now, I've been in panels with Europe and Asia and Australia and it's, it's great. It's amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for that opportunity because uh, I, I've been getting to talk to so many uh, amazing and, and it's kind of nice to know that everybody suffers the same things I do. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice. There's a lot <laughs> of community there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Padia, thank you so much for, for sharing your insight and, and giving us a glimpse into um, the transition that Krispy Kreme is taking on in Me Mexico. And I think that our audience will learn a lot from this. There's, there's a lot to take away here. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. It was great. Great talking to you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes.